Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't yet joined our wonderful Flywheel Nation community, go to flywheelnation.com and join in the podcast conversations. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. agree with these ideas of writing a book in 90 days, because when you approach the book that way, you are guaranteed to get all the most superficial information that you have. And that doesn't really make for a very exciting or impactful book. What I have found to be true when we're asking them some questions to see what else might be in there, they get to talking in a way that they haven't expressed themselves before. Often, they will say something that is just so mind-blowingly innovative, new, next level for the rest of us. They'll say it in the most dismissive way, as if, well, everyone knows that da-da-da-da-da-da. And I'm sitting there, jaw scraping the floor, because I'm like, no, no, actually, everyone doesn't know that. Tell me more. (laughs) And it's when we can get to helping the author see what they didn't know that they knew, that's when we get to the real gold of what they can actually offer to their readers. Welcome back. I hope your week's been awesome so far. I'm really excited today to welcome to the Innova Buzz podcast as my guest, Robin Colucci, who helps world-class experts write and publish world-changing books. Her clients have been published by Big Five and other top publishing houses, and others have self-published. Many have won awards, receiving outstanding book reviews, and or become bestsellers on Amazon, USA Today, and the New York Times bestseller lists. Are you looking to get more out of your business? Our sponsor, Flywheel Nation, has you covered. This amazing community is tailored for high achievers just like you who are ready to transcend the ordinary. As a member, you'll unlock premium resources and form alliances with the amazing members that are already there, alliances that can redefine your success. You'll be immersing yourself in the community where groundbreaking insights are shared, powering your journey of transformation. Are you ready to skyrocket your growth? Then join Flywheel Nation today by heading to innovabiz.co forward slash flywheel. In our conversation today, Robin shared her passion for helping authors turn their ideas into books. Some of the key points we discussed were the importance of asking probing questions to uncover valuable insights and help authors express their ideas in the best way possible. 
the need to debunk false industry beliefs, to listen without judgment and to create a space where there's no criticism. Also the need for active participation and promotion in achieving the book success by those authors, as well as pushing through fear and taking action. Without further ado then, let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Robin Colucci. Hi, I'm your host, Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm really excited to welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast today, all the way from Connecticut in the USA, Robin Colucci, who helps world-class experts write and publish world-changing books. I hope I've got that right. That's your tagline. That is true. <laughs> so that they can increase their income, their credibility, their impact, and secure a legacy of value for generations to come, which I really love that. So welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast. It's a great privilege to have you as my guest. <laughs> Thank you, Jürgen. It's a great privilege to be here with you today. Now, Mark Hirschberg, who was our guest on episode 565, he introduced us and suggested that we have a conversation. So a big hello to Mark and big shout out. Yeah, Mark is terrific, terrific guy, good friend. Yeah. Yeah. Now, one of the things that as I said, I really love your tagline and, and how you've really nutted that down into a very succinct and very clear statement of what you do. And it's an indication in some ways of how you can add value as well, because if you're doing that for yourself, then you can probably do that for the people that come to you to say, I want to write a book or I've got some ideas to write a book. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, it, it only took 17 years for me to get my tagline. <laughs> Uh, but I'm, I am much faster with my clients. I don't know why that is, but it seems to always be the case, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I know I'm, I'm doing some work on my own business and, and a little bit of reshaping right now. And I'm, I'm having a lot of aha moments. And I think, wow, why didn't I come up with this before? But it's always evolving, isn't it? Yeah. And I think that it can be when you're so close to what you do it can be difficult to see what you actually do, right? Because mm. <laughs> you just kind of get in, I don't know, for me, I, I can get so elbows deep in the work that uh, it, it doesn't seem possible to put it in a tagline when you first think about it. Because it's like, well, I do this and this and this and this and this and this, you know. But it did it, it did take, take a while to pare it down to that. But So thank you. I'm glad you appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah, well, it um, it reminds me of the conversation we had in our Get to Know You call where you, you explained to me how you had done a, a Master of Arts in Spiritual Psychology, and I found that quite fascinating. And you specifically focused on the art of asking questions and listening, and we talked about how you're applying that in your business today. So I'm really looking forward to digging some more into that because I think what you've just said there kind of, kind of presents what the biggest challenge is when we're thinking about our own business and writing some things about us ourselves. Um, now, before we get onto that, what's the impact you're making in the world today? And maybe I've stolen your thunder by using your tagline. Well, yeah, I, I personally think it is helping people write and publish world-changing books. Uh, you know, I like to think of myself as the world's secret Santa because I, <laughs> I get to 
help put forward uh, paradigm shifting ideas that I believe are, you know, progressive ideas moving humanity towards a higher level of evolution and awareness. And, um, you know, it might be around the uh, environment and stemming client, you know, uh, putting a block on climate change and reversing climate change. It might be about social justice, uh, more fairness in the criminal justice system. It might be about health, fitness, and medical, just personally. So we, we, we help people write books from all different types of subject matter areas. But, at, but the bottom line of it is that every project that we take on is because that author has an idea that we would like to see come out of their silo of, mm. of their expertise where their peers know their ideas and really democratize that value and bring it to the mass market where it can have an even bigger impact. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there and what you said, uh, the idea of um, taking a person's expertise and democratizing it, in other words, giving uh, everyone access to that knowledge, uh, whether they're in, in that particular field or whether they just happen to discover that topic or whether they want to expand their knowledge. Um, yeah, exactly. Because these people are, it's not like they're not sharing their ideas, but they're sharing them at conferences with their peers or in classrooms with graduate students, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and, you know, they're, they're sharing them in a very rarefied air usually. And so, but there is so much value uh, that can be applied to everyday life or everyday work or whatever it is, everyday health. And and so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great to be able to help people do that. Hmm. One, of, one of the things that I've been much more conscious of over the last few years in my own activities and been having conversations around is this idea of we have some knowledge, that we take for granted because we do it almost on autopilot. And if somebody else observes us doing some of those things, and I've had this experience where somebody would say, wow, that is amazing. And, right. And, and I, my reaction is, what do you mean? <laughs> I wasn't even conscious that I, I, that I actually did anything. It, it's kind of like I'm breathing, right? And somebody else says, that's amazing. How do you do that? And this idea of we take so much for granted that of expertise and knowledge and insights and skills that we have that we don't see, how how do you approach, because I think this comes back to your uh, deep listening and questioning. How do you approach bringing some of those nuggets out of people and turning that into what potentially could be a book? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that because this is, I think, one of the most fun things about helping to pull a book out of out of a person and and really help, help helping them get to the the real value uh, that that's there. And, you know, what I found is like the, one of the, probably the primary reason where I, why I do not 
agree with or recommend these ideas of like writing a book in a weekend or writing a book in 90 days is because that when you when you approach the book that way you are guaranteed to get all the most superficial information that you have and so another way to put that would be everything that you know that you know which is also often what a lot of other people know too which makes the book less valuable right because you're 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 on the very surface level of what we've all agreed is tr is so and that doesn't really make for a very exciting or impactful book and what i have found to be true and i think this is getting more towards what that you brought up is that when i'm usually let, let's say let's say I'm coaching a client. This, this also happens with ghostwriting when we're interviewing them, but it's really the same process. But let's just say I'm coaching a client. And so, you know, I might be looking at what they've written. And then I would start asking them some questions to poke around and see what else might be in there, right? <clears throat> so it might be asking them to give me a specific example of something that demonstrates the point they just made. Or it might be questioning, uh, asking them another level question about the information that they just shared. So saying, hey, you know, I noticed you said this here and earlier you said that. Is there a connection between this and that that we haven't, you know, like I'm seeing a possible connection between this and that in, in a way that we haven't really talked about. Is that true or am I just off? you know, or something like that. And then they, they get to talking uh, in, a, in a way that they haven't expressed themselves before. And often, they when, just when they, they will say something that is just so mind-blowingly innovative, new, uh, next level for, for the rest of us, They'll be, they'll say it in the most dismissive way as if, well, everyone knows that da 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 da. And I'm sitting there, you know, jaw scraping the floor because I'm like, no, no, actually, everyone doesn't know that. Tell me more. <laughs> right. And it's, it's when we can get to helping the author see what they didn't know that they knew. That's when we get to the real gold of what they can actually offer to their readers. And that does require uh, using the, a lot of the skills I learned at USM, but specifically asking questions um, and follow-up questions and listening not just to the content of what they're saying, but how they're saying it, the essence of what they're trying to communicate. Because the other thing I've learned working with, with people who are in that process of becoming authors is that if they've never said it before, they actually don't know how to say it the best way yet. Yeah. Right? They ha It's not the rehearsed, Oh, I've given this speech 16,000 times, so I know how to say this. They've never expressed it in words. So a big 
part of that process, even if we're not on the phone, if they're writing something that they've never expressed because they're answering a question, you know, we might have to go back and forth to really get clear on exactly what they meant to say versus the actual words on the page, which often are slightly different or sometimes significantly different than what they were thinking, but they yeah. hadn't yet put to words. And which, which I think is also really interesting that we as humans could have total command over the language we're speaking. But if you've never said something out loud before, you got to practice it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. It, it requires refinement. Yeah. Hmm. Well, there's a couple of things there that that's sort of raised in my mind, a couple of questions. Um, one is around your process. You mentioned writing and on the phone. So I'm, I'm just wondering, do you, <clears throat> do you do this in person and do you then take notes or do you record? this or or is it sort of an email exchange yeah it's it's a kind of all of the above um we do some of the work in person mostly we do online um and if we are ghostwriting for a client we will do interviews online on you mm. know on zoom or something record them transcribe them and then write drafts based on the transcripts which then would be shared with the client and usually it's after that first draft that we can see where those deeper questions would be useful. Um, okay. Right? Because uh, mm. you've got to look at writing like uh, you never get everything you need on the page in the first draft. So it's kind of more like a painting where you might sketch the basic image mm. and then you add the background layer and then you add the next, you keep adding more foreground and then you add shadows and light and you know, so it's it's like that. It's like multiple mm. passes at the whole thing. And then eventually you have the whole picture and you're like, ah, oh, what a great picture. You know? <laughs> so I think I might have gone a little off track from your question. Though. <laughs> no, so no, our process. So yeah. um, so if we're if we're ghostwriting us interviews and sending them drafts and then asking them questions based on the drafts to get uh, more an even clearer picture of what they're wanting to communicate. And with coaching, they send us the draft. So they send me the, let's say I'm, I have a coaching client. What, what happens is we have a conversation about what are you writing next? And I often give them a nice structure to work inside of. So mm -hmm. here's the thesis. Here's, here's your main points that you want to make go <laughs> you know here's here's the things you have to hit on in terms of like conceptually you got to hit on these you know first you tell them about this part then you tell them okay so give them a nice little map and then they send the draft and then before the, our next call i edit the draft and sometimes i'm just editing to it's very clear what they're trying to say and i'm just editing to make it read better but like i said there's also those other times where i'm like hmm so let me give you an example. I was just speaking with a client earlier this week who's writing about changes in the medical profession, um, not just like in terms of treatment, but also like how we think about medicine, right? And they gave an example of um, some legislation that had passed that that um, appeared, you know, to to help 
some of the issues around medicine, but didn't really fully solve them. But the wording kind of made it seem like everything was cool, hmm. right? So I flagged that, and we had a conversation about it. And it was really interesting because the way that this person had initially expressed it, it seemed like they thought that that took care of it. Yeah. But when... When I explained to them that that's how it came across, and I, you know, we we got into it, it really came forward that not only was it not cool, but they had a lot to say about how far we have to go and specifically what we need to do, and so and like had specific policy recommendations. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that you know we can miss something like that, right? By just assuming, but see, as, as a if you're if you're a book coach worth your salt, <laughs> or right, or ghostwriter worth your salt, you can't assume yeah. that the way the client said it is what they meant. Mm. And I had a feeling that I'd find something there because I know this person, and I don't think they're that naive, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and and so I think that's just an example of you, we have to interrogate uh, what our clients. Uh, say and make sure that what shows up in the book reflects their actual beliefs and it's always more powerful than what they first said mm. and and yeah yeah there's an important message there well there's a couple of other questions i have related to that the first first one that you've just prompted there and the other one that i want to come back to so remind me about the one i want to come back to but the one you've just prompted okay. there is you knew this person you've had conversations or you've been following this person so you know what they're saying and doing and uh, the conversations that they have and and so on and they're not being reflected in what they'd written about this particular topic in their book draft so um this is to me this is something that a lot a lot of us say things in public forums or we have conversations around things and there's information there that could be turned into a book or could be turned into a topic so <laughs> that's that's one message there for me it's not necessarily a question but it's just a an observation that there's this information we all have that could be turned into articles or even a book yeah, and I think there's also something there, too, to realize that just because it seems obvious to you does not mean other people, first of all, know that you think that. Hmm. See, like, he, this person did not write what their point of view was because it seems so obvious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Yeah. And <laughs> since nothing was there, <laughs> it made it appear that they were cool with what was there. So I think a big thing when you're writing a book is to challenge any assumptions you make about what the reader knows in general and certainly what the meter, reader knows about what you believe. Mm. <laughs> and it, it's interesting because it's not that I knew this person in a way that I would be like, I already know their opinion. It's just I know them in terms of I have a good sense of their values, mm. right? And I thought, there's just no yeah, way clash here. that this mm. is this is a hundred percent here. So mm. there's something that wasn't said, right? Um, and it is to me probably the most exciting 
part about writing a book is is getting to what hasn't been said yet. Hmm. Yeah. Well, the question I wanted to come back to, and again, you've sort of said something there that's kind of melding into that, marrying into that. It's where you're recognizing as as a deep listener and questioning using your process, you're recognizing there might be a values conflict or a values gap in what they've given you as content, what they've written versus what you know their values are by the relationship you've built with them and the listening and questioning you've had so far, the conversations you've had. Um, how do you, as a ghostwriter or, yeah, as a ghostwriter, I guess, how do you write the book in the voice of that person? Well, having a transcript helps a lot <laughs> <laughs> because we can actually use their words and um, and get a and, and get get the vibe across of their personality. Um, but I would have to say this too, because I think a lot of people misunderstand what what writing in your own voice means, <laughs> because. Writing in your own voice does not mean writing like you talk. Mm -hmm. It means that when the person is reading the book, you should be recognizable to yeah, them. So yeah. if they wrote, if they read your book and heard you speak, it would be obvious that it was the same person. Mm. But if we wrote like we speak, books would be very chaotic <laughs> with, with ideas that start stop, go somewhere else, down the road of quite a bit, start again randomly, you know, and, and we try to say the same thing four or five times, but it's all there on the recording. And so that's not how we want the book mm. to read. And so it, it's, it's important, especially for people who work with ghostwriters, to understand that. Like your, your, your ghostwriter isn't even trying to make you sound like you speak because it doesn't read well. Hmm. Yeah, well, I, I was thinking more along the lines of the language used, the expressions, the terminology that's used is, and, and you mentioned it there when you speak to that author, having read their book, then you, yes, I recognize that tone so it's more about yeah but you, that consistency but you bring up something else though too because the interestingly the vocabulary the terminology a lot of times um our clients uh, you know have have access to highly technical language mm. that they're using and so a big part of our job is to help and, and sometimes force them <laughs> <laughs> to dumb it down. <laughs> to kind of, yeah. So, you know, my, my favorite saying is, okay, I can't picture the action of neuronic nitric oxide synthase <laughs> on a nerve. Okay, you are going to have to explain to me what that looks like based on an image that I can picture in my mind. You have to link it to something I've seen before, even if it has nothing to do with this topic. 
And that's how we help them. Yeah, <laughs> this is yeah. how we democratize ideas, right? <laughs> so give me a metaphor that, that can paint a picture yes, for me. Yes, give me a metaphor <laughs> or a simile or something that I can actually imagine uh, in my own mind that would help me understand, um, oh, well, it carries the signal, you see, from here to here. Oh, thank you. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I had to, I had to <laughs> laugh because I've been reading quite a bit about um, natural medicine and, and how our body can heal itself and so on. And I've come across terms like that. Very, In fact, I've probably come across that term because, oh, yeah, that sounds a bit familiar. <laughs> and, and there are some books that I've read where they do exactly what you've described there. They say, imagine... And they give you a, a very day-to-day kind of metaphor or or something that, that everybody would recognize. And, ah, yes, that, that makes a lot of sense. And it makes and then, it more fun to read, yeah, doesn't it? that's right. Yeah, more entertaining. And then others are very dry and very <laughs> And the ones that I struck that were very dry before I'd actually read others with metaphors where I'd started to build an understanding of it, <laughs> I really struggled with those. Right. Yeah, and most people aren't as persistent as you are, Jurgen, because if they're confused or they're having trouble understanding, they will stop reading. Mm-hmm. And so another thing I would add is as an author for the mass market, and, and you know, this is something also because a lot of times when we're working with people, they're coming out of academia where they've published scientific papers, which is a very different style of writing. Mm-hmm. Because not only do they just use all the chemical terms or whatever, all the fancy terms without any explanation because it's scientist to scientist, they also write in passive voice, right? Uh, When the nitric oxide was applied to the arterial endothelial layer, it was observed that... (laughs) Not not good for the mass market. Hmm. So... So another thing that we're doing when working with our clients is we're helping them to be curing them of academic speak and writing and and getting them to write in a more direct, clear, active voice for the mass market. Hmm. And so, but you know, they 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 can learn, which is fabulous. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. I love it. Yeah. It gets easier to edit them as we go. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, one one of the other questions I had around this this skill that you've developed here and refined and honed over many years and with many clients is it occurs to me that this is applicable to a whole lot of other areas, not just helping people write books, right? The, the idea of deep listening and questioning, I mean, it's all about a level of communication that's just so much better than... than run-of-the-mill back and forth where we're probably most of the time in our own minds thinking about what am I going to say next rather than listening to the person. That That's a big one. That's a big one hmm. is, is truly listening. And, and like I said, not just to the words they're saying, but listening for the underlying meaning. Because like I said, if you've never communicated something before, probably your first attempt at expressing it isn't going to be exactly how you would 
really want to say it, right? And 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 so listening also, I think, with an open heart and open mind, um, and listening without judgment, hmm. uh, because you know sometimes when people are writing books and they're writing about a personal experience, I mean, some bad stuff goes down, and uh, maybe maybe they weren't always uh, on their best behavior, <laughs> and you know it's important that that working with a writer um you know if you, if you if you're writing that kind of a book you really want to be working with someone who can be there with you and not judge your story um and and be more of a neutral witness um instead of judge jury and prosecutioner you know or mm. executioner for that matter <laughs> yeah. uh yeah and and I think that that's really important too, to uh, create that space. Also, something I learned um, at my with my studies at U at University of Santa Monica. So, yeah. Cheers to Ron and Mary. <laughs> Wonderful, <laughs> and, and I think there's a real lesson in that for for life. Almost, it's holding the space for people and listening without judgment, and and often, particularly if if somebody. I mean, I find that if I have an issue or a query or a puzzle or a struggle with something, talking to somebody who holds the space for me, who doesn't judge me, um, who doesn't give me a solution, perhaps just listens and asks a few questions, uh, at some point often I have the experience of, ah, I know the answer. <laughs> and I always had the answer. It's just... It, it was buried. It was buried around among yeah. all the garbage. And because the person listened, asked some questions, didn't judge me, uh, held the space for me, allowed me to kind of process it myself in, in a safe place, uh, all of a sudden there's, there's the answer that I've always had inside me. And it's not the answer that they've decided is going to work for me, which I'm probably going to be resistant to anyway. It's not the, right. their <laughs> advice. It's actually me. It's actually mine. <laughs> and and I, my ego feels good as well because, hey, I came up with the idea. <laughs> yeah, and it builds your own sense of self-efficacy and then makes you more efficient, you know, more effective the next time you encounter a challenge because it builds that confidence, mm. you know, to... to uh, to know that you're able to come up with those things on, on your own. Excellent. All right. Well, this is just fascinating. Robin, we could go on talking ages about the, the whole concept of deep listening, but I think we've kind of covered a, a good overview of how you go about applying that in, in your book writing and book coaching business. So let's move on to the buzz, which is our innovation round. It's the same five questions I ask of every guest, and the idea is you'll give us some Really insightful, snappy answers that'll inspire the listener to take some action, go and do something awesome as a result. Okay. I feel like I'm in the lightning round of wait, wait, don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the first one is what's the number one thing anyone needs to do to be more innovative? I think it's to, uh, to be uh, aware of what's going on around you and to I think something that can be really powerful is to look at other industries and mm. and see what they're doing and see what you might 
be able to apply in your own industry. Yeah, yeah, I love, I love that. That's um, always something that I've taken on board. And I think, oh, gee, that's interesting. How could, how could that work if I took took it out of that context and put it into a different context? It's yeah, we've done that in our business, and and you know more than a few times, more than a few times, yeah. and it's it's been very useful to us. Yeah. Hmm. Excellent. All right. Well, what's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas? The best thing I've done to develop new ideas is to look at everything that's not working um, in my business, right? So uh, I do this with my team. We meet once a month, and uh, and then we we do a bigger meeting. Uh, once or twice a year with the whole team, including the editorial staff. And we look at what went great and what did not go great. And uh, we, we, then we look at, okay, so how can we make what didn't go well better? Or what could have gone better, even better than that? Mm. And I, that's really where the innovations come in. Um, and it, it feels great when we put in something new and lo and behold it, it moves the needle and it and it makes the whole thing better for everyone and it's really fun to do that hmm. yeah and i love i particularly love that you say okay what worked really well and let's and is there something we can make better with that but particularly let's make sure we don't break it and what what is perhaps broken or not working as well as it should be and how do we address that because often people just focus on the second part and they break something over here yeah yeah i think it is important to look at both and i think it's also important to to confer with team if you have it because mm. you know they can see things that uh i can't see right they have their they have a perspective that i can't possibly have and i and i think again that goes back to what i learned at usm is creating a safe space for them to tell me you know, Robin, I really hate it when you do this. <laughs> or, you know, when you do this, it really isn't working for us. And and so uh, that's a big part. I, th I think that's also crucial to innovation, mm. right? It's being open to your teams on the front lines. They're on the ground and they're dealing with you. <laughs> <laughs> so if anyone knows how to how you can improve, it's your team. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a really important point. And again, <laughs> we mentioned ego earlier, but... That's where you've got to set it aside. Yeah, I just take a deep breath and <laughs> sit very still and do what I, my, my, my spiritual teacher calls the duct tape mudra, which is putting my hand over my mouth, not saying a word till they're done. Hmm. And you've got to take it in, but it's so helpful. Hmm. It's so helpful. Wonderful. All right. Do you have a favorite resource you use a lot? A favorite resource? Yes. Uh well, you know, what, what occurred to me recent, just, just as a flash, the first flash, is that I like to go look at BookScan and see how, ma how many copies different books are selling. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we finally bit the bullet and subscribed because it's, it's not a cheap subscription. But I, I do find it to be um, a really useful resource so that we can see, for example, if we're doing a book proposal for someone and we're looking at other books in their subject matter space, we can get an idea of how many copies those books sold hmm. that we're comparing to their idea. Okay. And so it, and also it's also fun to see how my clients' books are doing, <laughs> which is also fun. But uh, 
but yeah, it's it's a great it's a it's been a it's been a nice add on for us, and so that that's kind mm. of my favorite new resource, I'd say. Okay, all right. Well, I'll have to have a look at that just to make sure I know what it's about. <laughs> but we'll include that. Oh, I'll just quickly tell you it's so every time a book they call it book scan every time every time a book gets sold that ISBN code on the back gets scanned. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. And so so they know exactly how many copies of every book that has an ISBN number sold as long as that that barcode was scanned. Mm. So like if if somebody bought 300 books and they just got set in the box and they were never scanned, those don't count. Yeah. So we have to always keep that in mind. But but if they were scanned, then it it shows up in book scan. And so every week they give a report of exactly how many book how many copies every book that has an ISBN number sold. Mm. Whether it was self-published or traditionally published, doesn't matter. It has an ISBN number. It's on that list, and like I said, we we mainly use it to just see how our clients are doing, and also to check it against the you know when we're doing market research for for a client, hmm. just to check against what their book idea is versus how the other books are selling in a similar subject matter. Yeah, yeah. So it's a good good data reference point. All right. Well, thanks for the clarification. Now, what's the best way to keep a client on track when you're working with them? <laughs> if you uh, know the answer, <laughs> please share it with me. Um, no, yeah, that what 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 we what we have found um, is that we we are very proactive in terms of outreach, so. We like to get the next appointment scheduled before we end the previous mm. one. Uh, ideally, we even like even better. We like to get them on a regular call schedule, so it's the same time every week, same day of the week. Um, and so having some regularity and consistency, and then if they start to fall off and get and lose focus, um, that's when it can get it can frankly get really tricky. Um, but you know we do. Uh, you know, when, if they're working with somebody on my team, you know, they'll make a few attempts. And if that doesn't work, then I step in, you know, then they have to deal with mama bear. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, we can also remind them that their contract does have an expiration date. So in order to get the full value, it would be really good if they participated. Um, but, and, and, you know, I think that, uh, just reminding them of why they're doing the book in the first place. And, you know, that there's not only an expiration during the contract. I mean, you know, you got to pull the trigger at some point. Like I had, I had one client who was just like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just going to sit on this. And I, and I said, okay, I said, I just, I really hope you do this book because somebody's gonna, it's a great idea. It's a great concept. Somebody's going to write this. I hope it's you. You know, because and that's just the truth. I hate to have to be that heavy, but sometimes, sometimes you have to. It didn't work, by the way. Just so you know, it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, I, I am. I am because I, you know. Well, you know, I think at the end of the yeah, at the end of the day, it's got to come from the client. It's got to come from the person who wants the result. And you know, I had a coach, a very wise business coach, um, David Nagel who, you know, his response to that would probably be, look, I can't want this more than you. 
right? I want this for you. And, and I believe you can have this, but I can't want this more than you. And I can't do it for you to the point where I do everything. Like you have to participate. And if I'm the one who's invested, if I'm invested more than you, there's really, what, what else could I, I can't, I can't operate from that place. Because at the end of the day, when that book is out, I'm, you know, <laughs> somebody's got to shepherd that book through the world. Like getting a book out in the world and then dropping it is the equivalent of leaving a baby on somebody's doorstep. And then wondering why it didn't thrive. You know, so, I mean, writing a book takes a lot of energy. Promoting a book takes 10 times more. Mm. Yeah. Right. Well, there's a big, there's and a so big message there. If somebody doesn't have the energy to finish their book, it might just be better for everybody if they don't get a book deal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and they don't sell that book because then everybody's going to lose hmm. um, if they if they do and they don't do anything with it. Hmm. You know. So coming back to one of the things you said earlier in the answer, which is sort of remind them of the why, and I think that's. That's a big thing to always come back to is why are we doing this, and is that still is that still why we're doing it? That might change over time. Yeah, yeah, and sometimes, uh, you know, I think I think that there are a couple of reasons why people stop or put the brake or pump the brakes, and I think it really comes down. If I had to really boil it down to one reason, I think it's fear. Hmm. I think it's fear of what people will think yeah, when the book is out. I think it's fear of taking a stand. I think it's fear of being being visible, being that visible, hmm. and or I think it's fear that well, what if I get the book deal and I and I can't pull it off, or what if I what if I get the book out and nobody nobody wants it? Hmm. No, everybody thinks my baby's ugly, right? <laughs> and and so I think that. All of those fears, um, anytime you go to up-level yourself, anytime you step up, fear is right there with it. Mm. And there's no way around it, and there's no way out of it. And the people who succeed do it anyway. Yeah. And I know it sounds like, <laughs> okay, talk about a million books written about something. But it's true, and it's true about being an author, and it does take guts. It really does, and it takes a ridiculous amount of work. And and like I said, and that's just the beginning. Um, and there's a reason why 80% of people say they're going to write a book one day, and less than 1% does so. Mm. And that's also why the title author is still special. Mm. Because most people aren't willing to do it. And that's okay. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. But well, yeah, you get to be an author because you're willing to stick your neck out farther than most people. Well, that's probably a really good segue into the final question of the buzz round, which is what's the number one thing anyone could do to differentiate themselves? <laughs> and I just realized there was nothing succinct about that, so I apologize. <laughs> Not that really. It was snappy, though, yeah, yeah, Jurgen. It, it was. It might not have been. There, there were a whole lot of whole snappy. lot of gold nuggets there. That's why I let you go. And All right. Okay. Now, 
All right, now you have to ask the question again because I. So the number one thing anyone needs to do to differentiate themselves. Mm, yes, this, oh, you know what? I'm so glad that this is one of my favorite things to do. Okay, look at your industry and and identify as many things as you can that where there's agreement, where everybody has agreed. Yes, this is this is actually true. Hmm. This is this is a fact. And then identify every single one of those that you know is utter BS. <laughs> and then you come out and you tell people that's baloney. Hmm. Not true. And what happens, I think, is that when you do that. It immediately differentiates you because you don't sound like everybody else who's saying, yes, right. yes, yeah. a business is, right. yes, yes, a book is a big business card. Absolutely. That is the truth. We all agree. A book is a big business card. And Robin Colucci says, really? How many books have you, how really? How many business cards have you taken to bed? Mm. It's not a business card. Okay. So, but whatever it is, there's myths out there. And people are all agreeing with them. You come out and you say what you what you actually know to be true, and not only does it differentiate you, it builds trust. Hmm. Because I believe that when people are being fed BS, they can taste it. <laughs> you can put all the pink icing on it you want; it still tastes like BS. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so. They know that, and they know it inside. They know something about what they're hearing isn't right. It's not aligned with reality, but they don't know enough to put their finger on specifically what's wrong with it. And when you tell them, yeah, this thing all the other experts in my space are saying is true, isn't, and this is why, then not only do they trust you, but they're immensely grateful mm. <laughs> because right. yeah. you have resolved for them the co inner conflict, mm. that that scratching thing on their brains that something about that's not right. Yeah. They just don't know what it is, yeah. right? And so that's, I think, the best way to differentiate yourself. Mm. Yes, and I, it, what you just said there is sort of, it was almost like an aha moment for me because I've had this quite a lot where I, um, I've, yes, that's exactly what I, that's exactly what's wrong with that scenario. And it's like this aha moment. And I've, I've never really thought of it in that context. It's, yes, something's been bugging me about this myth or this, this kind of commonly held belief that um, was out there. And then along comes this one person that kind of clarifies why, why it's BS and, and what's, what their view is and, and I was ah yes of course yeah and th and then did you buy the book or the course after you <laughs> probably <laughs> probably I've definitely usually, I mean, usually when that happens I would say if it's a YouTube video for example that that person I will immediately subscribe to their challenge channel there you go and start there to start to follow what what else are they talking about yeah so Exactly. And that's what's so brilliant because, and I think that it's like, not only did they give you value, but you know it. Mm. And, and that's why when we attack the myths, um, then 
uh, and what's beautiful when you attack a, a really popular myth is you don't even, you're not even attacking a specific expert. Mm. You're just attacking the myth, yeah. which is better. And then in like your experience is exactly accurate. And, uh, and, and you remember that person, you want to subscribe to them. You want to be in their community. You know, you, you probably at least open the email if they made an offer. Right. So it's powerful mm. to do that. Wonderful. All right. Well, thanks for getting us through the buzz round. And, and the whole conversation has been absolutely fabulous, Robin. I've really enjoyed it. Now, where can people find out more about the work you do and maybe even reach out and say thanks for what you've shared today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, our website is robincolucci.com. And uh, you, can, you can go there. We, have a, uh, we do a bottom line uh, blog post every, every other week where we pick a topic of something that you're probably curious about being an author. And, uh, and we just we send out an email. When the blog post goes live, we send an email to our list. Uh, and, and it just it actually gives you the bottom line. So if you don't want to read the article, you can get the bottom <laughs> line. But if you want to read the article, there's a link. And we also have a podcast, The Author's Corner, where I invite on guests who are either successful authors or people who help authors be successful. And we, we talk about the process of coming up with a book idea, writing an idea, writing a book, getting published. And it, it's really, I think, pretty unique. I don't know of any other podcast that really gets so deeply into process. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people do talk about their books, but it's always with the process as yeah, the central yeah. focus. So a uh, really great way to learn about this whole world of authorship and what it takes and how to succeed. And so those are a, couple, a few uh, great ways to get in touch and get involved excellent and we'll include those links in the show notes of course as always so robin as we wrap this up what action would you like our listener to take out of our conversation today oh, well i would say i would love it if they would uh go check out the podcast or or go to the website and opt in to, to get our you know we, we are really good we don't blast people with a bunch of <laughs> promo stuff we um we send out the podcast email once a week and we send out the bottom line email twice a month. And other than that, there's very little email that goes out from us. So we, we don't inundate. Uh, we just want to keep you in the loop. So I would say, um, yeah, go opt into the, either one of those. And that way you can continue to learn and, uh, and grow as a writer and author. Excellent. All right. Well, there you go. Um, you've got the links in the show notes and go ahead, click through and sign up for one or both of those, depending on your interests, of course. So thanks so much for sharing your time and your wisdom and your insights with us today, Robin. I've really enjoyed our conversation, learned a lot and enjoyed digging into some of the topics and going off on tangents at times um, and then coming back again to this whole concept of the fundamental idea of really deep listening and drawing out the gold nuggets from other people that they may not even realize that they have inside of them. So thanks so much and all the best for the future and please do stay in touch. Thank you so much, Jürgen. I, I for certain, most certainly will. Thank you very much for having me. I hope you enjoyed that wonderfully informative 
and insightful conversation with Robin and most importantly took something away from her episode. So as you reflect on today's conversation, think about how can you dig deeper into your area of expertise and uncover some of that gold that Robin mentioned. Maybe you can have a conversation with someone else. Also, check out her website. There are plenty of resources there that can help you dig deeper. Robin's episode can be found at innovabiz.co forward slash Robin Colucci. That is R-O-B-I-N-C-O-L-U-C-C-I. All lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Robin Colucci. You'll also find contact information there for getting in touch with Robin, as well as links to her website, her social media pages, and the other resources we spoke about today in our conversation. I'm so grateful you're still tuned in and loving this discussion, so please share it with a friend who will appreciate it just as much as you do. They'll be so grateful to you. You can also grab an internal bookmark token at innovabiz.co forward slash bookmarks to create a lifelong reminder of this episode for just the price of a cup of coffee. When you buy the token, half of the revenue goes towards Robin as the guest of the episode and the other half goes to support the show. It's a fantastic way to show Robin some love and support. Robin suggested that we have a conversation with Professor Emeritus of Pharmacology at the UCLA School of Medicine's Department of Molecular and Medical Pharmacology in Los Angeles and 1998 Nobel Prize winner in Physiology and Medicine, Lou Ignaro, on a future InnovaBuzz podcast episode. So Lou, keep an eye on your inbox for an invitation from us to the InnovaBuzz podcast, courtesy of Robin Colucci. Thanks for listening. We'd love you to leave a review on this episode. It will help us to make the podcast better for you. Simply go to lovethepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz and pick your preferred platform. Remember to visit innovabiz.co forward slash Flywheel and secure your membership to the exclusive Flywheel Nation community where you'll enjoy direct access to our incredible podcast guests engaging meaningful conversations and participate in connection events designed to elevate your business journey. Don't miss out. Join Flywell Nation today. Tune in again to the next episodes of the Innova Buzz podcast where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.